This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Thursday, March the 9th. Coming up, you can hear from some of the incredible volunteers helping to get aid to Ukraine. And we have more on the first Brewdog Bar to open in Kent. But first, if you drive a car, I'm sure you know by now just how expensive it's got to fill the tank. Well, today, there's a warning that the cost of a litre of fuel could reach £2 by next month. The rises we're seeing at the moment are the sharpest in at least 18 years. And in our story at Kent Online today, you can see how back in 2019, petrol was at just over 120p a litre with diesel 9p dearer. Today, it's around 155p for unleaded and 161 for diesel. Well, Howard Cox is from the Kent-based campaign group Fair Fuel UK. He's been speaking to Phil from our colleagues at KMTV. We are definitely going to see prices rocketing higher. I'm, I'm reliably informed they're going to go up 10 to 15p in the next week. Uh, and I'm afraid uh, we're getting ever ever closer to that £2.00. It doesn't matter if it's one ninety nine or £2 and a penny, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt terribly. And uh, I'm afraid uh, we, the government have got to do something about it. Um, what do the government need to do about this, do you think? What, what can stop these prices from just skyrocketing out of control? Well, uh, it's stopping them to getting out of control. Is There's two aspects of this. And the, the most important one at the moment is what Rishi can do that's in his control is to cut fuel duty. Uh, we're still the highest tax drivers in the world. And it's it's about time uh, that he recognised the fact is that because of the huge amount of VAT he's enjoying because of the high prices, there's room to cut fuel duty to help small businesses, the haulage industry, logistics and the hard-pressed motorists. And the other thing, of course, which I've called on many times before, is to stop this opportunistic profiteering that's going on. Yesterday I got up uh, and the price of oil was 140 um, it dropped about two or three hours later to $125, $15 drop. Why? And that's all because there's opportunistic profiteering and gambling on volatility further up the fuel supply chain. And uh, this has got to stop. And it's in his power to actually put together an independent pricing watch uh, dog. We've got it for uh, gas, electricity and telecoms. Why haven't we got it for petrol and diesel? There are 37 million UK drivers in this country and all of them need consumer protection at the moment. Um, if I can get you again to look into Howard's crystal ball, um, do you see this kind of going and going for as long as the conflict is happening in Ukraine? We've obviously talked about that £2. I mean, it is going to hit £2 pretty much, isn't it? I would have thought so. I would have thought by the end of April it'll be £2. Um, and so we're looking about, you know, six or seven weeks, uh, that sort of thing. But it's going to gradually go every week. It's going to go up 5 to 10p, that sort of magnitude. So it could hit it sooner. Um, but it's interesting about the oil prices. It's all down to those speculators. Uh, and that, that's the problem we have. We, uh, we can, we're getting our petrol and diesel from refineries in this country, and they get them from mainly from the Middle East. We do not rely on oil from Russia. But the speculators are telling us that we are uh, getting it from Russia by the fact how they're pricing. And we mustn't blame the independent forecourts, the owners of the garages. It's not their fault. They're on low margins. It's definitely further up the fuel supply chain. 
Rishi Sunak knows what to do. It'd be immoral if he didn't bring down fuel duty in the next couple of weeks. Well, all of this is adding to the cost of living crisis with energy bills and the cost of the weekly food shop also going up. But if you head to Kent online today, we have got some tips for you on how you can use the fuel in your car most efficiently. Meantime, taxi drivers in parts of Kent fear their profession could become unaffordable as petrol prices continue to rise. It's left some drivers making decisions on whether to do certain journeys or not. Nigel Jackson is from the Medway Licensed Taxi Drivers Association. When the prices go up, it costs you more to run your taxi. Simple as that. Um, in Medway, we do run on a, what's called a maximum authorised tariff. So my meter is calibrated to the maximum authorised tariff that I'm allowed to charge in Medway. I can't charge any more than that. So obviously, when the prices, fuel prices go up, my profit margin goes down. The, the, the fares are reviewed... Um, on a regular basis and constantly discussed between the drivers. Um, to raise the fares, we need to have a consultation with the drivers to then go to the licensing department at the council, to then go to a licensing subcommittee at the council, to then go to full council and actually to get an increase. So it's quite a long-winded process, so we can't just put our prices up overnight to reflect the increase, increase in fuel. And at the moment, obviously, it's, it's increasing every day. Does that affect sort of how many journeys you're willing to do? Well, obviously, you're very mindful of um, the dead mileage you do. Um, in this job, you do a lot of dead mileage. And um, obviously, you, you're more conscious about where you're taking the work, where your next job's going, and where's it, where it coming to. So you may, for example, be inclined to refuse an airport run, which is done on a fixed price, because the profit margin in it is so tight anyway um, that it wouldn't be profitable to do so. At what point would the fuel costs too much to actually be afford to run run a taxi business? Well obviously um, with, the, with the licensed taxis in Medway as I explained we do run on a, an authorised tariff um, we cannot charge any more than that and it is a difficult process to change and increase. It would come to a point if, if for example fuel was £3 a litre you'd have to seriously consider you're not making any profit at all. It's going to completely wipe out your profit margin um, as a taxi driver. So it's got to increase substantially for it to be completely non-profitable but you've got to understand that we're not all millionaires we don't earn bucket loads of money we, we are we are scraping by just coming through the pandemic um, and obviously the fuel rising rising fuel prices at the moment is not helping the situation at all and with the rising cost of fuel we want to know if you're changing your travel habits you can head to our facebook page to have a say kent online news other top stories today and a maidstone bank clerk who stole nearly fifty thousand pounds from customers accounts has been jailed for more than two years bronwyn brown who worked at barclays branches in maidstone and larkfield targeted a couple who were deaf and mute a widower and someone with paranoid schizophrenia the 34 year old from Upper Fant Road was caught by a colleague transferring cash from an account. The judge said it was the most cynical and callous of frauds which had begun in October 2017. An Edenbridge man who stabbed someone with a broken bottle robbed a woman of her car and attacked four police officers has been jailed. The 37-year-old committed a series of violent offences across Medway and Edenbridge over the space of two years. He also breached a restraining order and has been locked up for nine years. A man's been left with a suspected broken nose after being headbutted outside a Tesco Express store in Gillingham. The 26-year-old claims he was attacked by someone who had a social media row with him about Covid. Well, police are looking into what happened in Victory Pier last Thursday. 
A Maidstone man has told the Kent Online podcast how he managed to get 10 people to safety after travelling to the Ukrainian border as the conflict there continues. It's now almost two weeks since the invasion by Russia. Kevin Tremaine from Boxley took a camper van filled with donations to help those arriving in Poland. He set off on Friday and has been telling me about his journey. Eventually, when we got near the the Ukrainian border, because where we actually stopped was probably about a kilometre from the Ukraine border. And when you realise that nobody else is on the motorway, you're heading into like the unknown, it was a bit weird. But we um, managed to speak to some police who direct us to the right place and where people, where they were receiving refugees coming across the border. And uh, we, the idea was to drop off all our um, donations and stuff and then make inquiries as to if we could help with um, ferrying people a bit further away from the border into safety. So that, that's what we did, and it, and it worked out really well in the end. And uh, we eventually came across a, a girl called Joanna, who also spoke English and German, so she could um, organise who we could take. So we, we ended up with um, 10 people on board to take and... Um, they, they were obviously people who had somewhere to go to, so it was like arranged um, that we could take them there. So we, last night we were actually got back to Dresden about 12, 1 o'clock in the morning after delivering, I think we had five, five children on board and five adults. Obviously not all together, but there was one woman with a child and then a woman with two children and that, and then then. Uh, a lovely old lady that we met. And, uh, yeah, we got them all back to their allocated slots where they had to go on to wherever they were going, relations or friends that they've made contact with. Obviously, we didn't, we couldn't take anyone where we didn't know where to take them. The people that you drove to safety, can you? did you ask yeah. them about the journey that they'd been on? Were they able to tell you much about where they'd come from and, and what their journey had been yeah. like? To start with, there was a couple of them that spoke a little English, but we ended up having no conversation at all because, you know, we were obviously travelling through the night. The people were all exhausted anyway. Um, we, we stopped in a, a McDonald's and bought them all, uh, you know, like uh, Happy Meals and uh, burger and stuff <laughs> because they obviously hadn't eaten. The old lady, um, we had to contact um, the local medical people when we stopped where she was about to be dropped off because she was obviously um, suffering from something and it, it turned out that she had really, really high blood pressure. But she hadn't slept for like two or three days at all, so... When we got her checked out, we returned to the van and a few of the other people we dropped off. So there was a bit of room in the back so she could lay down. I turned all the lights off, but we carried on travelling while she was there and she probably slept for a couple of hours and then she felt so much better. Lovely, lovely, lovely lady. It was quite nice because we've been stopping off and refuelling quite a lot. And uh, for her, she, she needed to go to the toilet and I was walking across the, like, the courtyard of the garage and she held my hand. And it was like, it was so, so, yeah, it was lovely. And we had, we had some young lad as well. Uh, his face is just like, he's just one of, like, he's, he's just a lovable little boy sitting there, probably wondering what the hell was happening. But he was, he was, you know, he kept coming up and he obviously wanted to sort of, like, um, uh, speak to us. And that's how my German friend was driving. And I uh, sat him down on a little box and put that so he could sit out the front of us, almost like we were in a little aircraft. <laughs> How did it make you feel when you were collecting those people? Well, 
how would you feel if you spent three days in a in a, in a queue or two days or whatever, some of them walking, some of them sitting in the cars and not sleeping, you know, sort of hearing explosions in the distance. And, the, you know, obviously we couldn't get much in, information from them because of the language barrier, but they looked mighty, mightily relieved people sitting, sitting in the back of my van, you know, with, with the gas heating on and all their coats and blankets we were putting over them. And it's, yeah, obviously it makes it gives you a good feeling. You can also see pictures from Kevin's journey by heading to the story at Kent Online. Meantime, a group of Dartford builders have returned from Poland after driving vans full of donations to refugees. Workers from Callisto Construction also set off on Friday before dropping the goods at a donation centre where they'll be distributed to those in need. Vilius Demarcus drove one of the vans and says we need to keep donating. We got unloaded within probably not more than 10 minutes i'd say and it was so organized they put everything straight away like six different piles and um say nappies goes in one pile the baby food in another one then uh, you got sleeping bags you got clothing you got medicine everything it got separated it was so organized and also we we did had a few military uh, backpacks that was filled up with the uniforms and uh once they saw the uniforms we had, they just straight away backed up into the car and that left before we even left the warehouse because they said there was a lorry loaded up earlier and uh, the lorry left about three hours before we arrived. So they tried to catch up with it before the border. So, yeah, that, that's what they really, really need and that's what extremely needed for them. So that's probably where we're going to be focusing now. They they fed us once again. They said how much they appreciated. It's hard, but as we were driving back, me and my wife in one van, and we spoke about it. I mean, the feeling when you do good, it's 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 really it's the best feeling ever, and that's what you really want. When you stand in front of grown man in his mid thirties, I'd say, and you see tears in his eyes, and he can't even put together how much he appreciates all this donation and 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 it's really hard to explain the feeling of it he's hoping to return with more donations and has also set up a GoFundMe page staying with this story and a kent mp has accused the home secretary of lying to parliament about the government's response to the ukraine refugee crisis pretty patel told the house of commons a visa application center had been set up en route to calais but officials later confirmed that wasn't the case north thanet sir roger gale says under any normal administration she would resign for misleading mps and Kent's MPs have praised the Ukrainian president for his speech in the House of Commons yesterday. Chatham and Ellsford's Tracy Crouch described it as extraordinarily powerful. Henna Waitley, who represents Faversham and Mid-Kent, says his courage is an inspiration to the world. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. Two people have been treated by paramedics following a fire at a family home near Dartford. Two pet hamsters died after breathing in smoke during the blaze on King Edward Road in Greenhithe last night. Crews also gave oxygen to a bearded dragon. The fire is thought to have been caused by an electrical fault. Meantime, eight fire engines and a hype vehicle have been used to tackle a blaze at a business park near Dartford. It broke out at a building on Manor Way in Swanscombe. Crews spent nearly four hours 
is putting out the flames and police are expected to carry out an investigation into how it started. It's going to cost another £350,000 to complete major roadworks on the Medway City Estate. A new slip road is being created at the roundabout near McDonald's to ease congestion. You may well have been held up trying to get through the Medway Tunnel while the work's being done. Well, the total cost has now risen to £2.6 million, and that's because of more expensive materials and third-party delays. The work is due to finish, you'll be pleased to hear, in about two weeks' time. A campaign group's raised concerns about the idea of building two huge solar farms in the countryside near Ashford. There are plans to cover 650 acres of land around Aldington with solar panels, which could generate enough renewable energy to power 65,000 homes. Residents say they're not totally against it, but want to make sure it doesn't overwhelm the village and the East Stour Valley. Stagecoach, which runs bus services in parts of Kent, has agreed to a £595 million takeover. They've backed out of a merger with National Express following an investigation by the competition watchdog. And they've now had an offer from investor group DWS Infrastructure, which the company says provides greater certainty. Sticking with some business news, and this is certainly one of our most read stories today, Brewdog looks set to open its first bar in Kent. It's thought they're eyeing up a venue at the new £115 million pound riverside complex in canterbury well our business editor chris Britchard joins me now and chris it's taken them rather a long time to come to the county hasn't it it certainly has but um brewdog's certainly enjoyed steady growth since it first launched back in 2007 as a brewer of craft beers um i mean the scottish firm is something that's been a master of marketing and it's positioned itself as a disruptive force for the brewing industry heavily traded on its eco-friendly credentials. Even if you've not sampled its range of beers, you'll be familiar with their distinctive packaging and names. Plus, of course, they're all over social media with various campaigns. Since its launch, the Punk IPA, which it does, is one of its the biggest selling craft beers both on the shelves and in pubs in the UK, while it's also expanded to opening pubs and even a craft beer hotel in Manchester, which offers guests, and I quote, an in-shower beer fridge and draft beer taps in their rooms. Um, it has franchised out its bar brands and now has more than 100 outlets around the world, including the likes of the US, Germany, Stockholm, Australia, China and Japan, and plenty more in the pipeline. It's got sites across the UK too, closest to us so far being in London and Brighton. And the co-founder actually announced the news of the new bar on his LinkedIn, didn't he? He certainly did. James Watt revealed expansion plans for 2022, which included bars in Mumbai, Milan, another in Berlin, Dublin, Paris, Las Vegas and, of course, Canterbury. Brewdog is clearly determined to spread its wings globally and it's good to see Kent being selected as one of those places it is extending into. What made it clear in his posts, he wants Brewdog to be one of the top five beer brands globally within the next five years, which is really quite some ambition. In addition, he says it's expanding its brewery capacity and investing more in its distillery to produce its range of spirits. The company is now said to be worth a whopping £1.5 billion. Pretty incredible, but it has been caught up in a bit of controversy recently, hasn't it? Yes, after years of growth and being the new, the cool new kid on the block, Brewdog's public image bubble burst somewhat last year. In June 2021, more than 100 former staff members published an open letter which spoke of a culture of fear at the company, with what coming in for particular criticism. While earlier this year, BBC Documentary heaped further negative press on its shoulders for much the same reasons. What has apologised and admitted they got things wrong, but the claims have certainly tainted an otherwise exciting brand, which particularly won over the socially conscious 21 to 35 age range. And finally, Chris, any idea when the new venue will open? 
Not yet, but it's expected to form part of Canterbury's £115 million new riverside development, which opens in the summer. So as a consequence, the smart money would be on then. But Brewdog is keeping that information to itself for the time being, so we'll just have to wait and see. Chris, thank you very much. Three off-duty police dispatchers have been praised for saving a woman who was hit by a car in Gillingham. Lucy, Abby and Amber, who worked together in the force control room, helped give CPR and managed the scene of the crash on Hothway. The woman, who's in her 70s, is still recovering in hospital. And a popular Raynham restaurant is set to expand. Galata Meze has submitted plans for an extension, with bosses saying the venue is now so popular they're struggling to meet demand. Kent Online Sport. First up for ball, Angelingham's Neil Harris has been nominated for the Manager of the Month Award for February. Since joining the club, he's led them to victories over Crewe, Cambridge United and Lincoln City as they fight to avoid relegation from League One. He's up against MK Don's boss Liam Manning, Sheffield Wednesday manager Darren Moore and Rotherham United's Paul Warne with the winner announced on Friday. On to cricket and England's women have been beaten by the West Indies in their second World Cup match. Kent's Tammy Beaumont top scored with 46 but they lost by seven runs. England are the defending champions but also suffered a 12-run defeat to Australia in their opening game last weekend. They face South Africa on Monday. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can now get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do it, just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.